0: Thank you.
1: This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 131. The Ghosts of Slaughterhouse Canyon. Slaughterhouse Canyon, nestled within the rugged embrace of the Arizona desert, Unfolds like a haunted tapestry of nature's beauty and melancholy. Carved by time, the canyon reveals towering cliffs adorned with the warm hues of weathered rock, their jagged edges casting ominous shadows. A narrow ravine snakes through the heart of the canyon, its dry riverbed bearing witness to the harsh embrace of the arid landscape. Towering Segura cacti stand sentinel along the canyon walls, their skeletal arms reaching skyward as if to touch the secrets whispered by the desert winds. And this is where, as the sun sets, we find our intrepid protagonists. The gone and paranormal team set up camp near the mouth of the canyon, their equipment glinting in the eerie light. Joe calibrated his EMF meter, while Sarah adjusted the night vision cameras, and Price fine-tuned the audio recorder, ensuring every spectral whisper would be captured. As each member of the group settled into their respective places around the campfire, Sarah, with a playful smirk in her voice, said,
2: Treat us to a ghost story, Carter?
1: Of course. Settle in, friends. This is a tough one as the desert winds whispered through this very canyon over a century ago. A tale of tragedy unfolded. In a small one-room house at the back of the canyon, a lovely young family knew real happiness, but fate had cruel plans in store for them. During a particularly tough year, when the game that had filled his traps in previous years became scarce, a weary father... Burdened by the responsibility of caring for a growing family, ventured away in search of work to provide for them. Promising to return soon, he left his wife and children behind, with nothing more than the embrace of the arid landscape. Days turned to weeks, and the promise remained unfulfilled. His absence cast a looming shadow over the humble abode. Soon starvation began to tighten its grip on the forsaken household, and desperation clawed at the mother's heart. Alone with the haunting silence of the canyon amplifying her despair, she faced an unthinkable choice. Driven to the edge of madness by hunger and sorrow, the mother succumbed to a darkness within. As the moon hung low in the vast desert sky, the woman's anguished cries mingled with the howls of the wind. In the grip of despair, she committed a gruesome act, forever silencing the hunger that haunted her emaciated children. The walls of this very canyon bore witness to a true tragedy, born of desperation, and a mother's fractured soul. It is said that to this day, The forlorn spirit of the grieving mother, consumed by guilt and anguish, wanders the canyon's expanse. Some say her spectral figure roams, forever searching for the husband, who never returned, and the children that were ripped from her. Now, here in this canyon, the whispers of the wind carry not only the mournful cries of the mother, but also the echoes of a family torn apart, by madness. Joe looked genuinely shaken. Jesus, Carter. Well told. This place is fucked up. Price couldn't keep the smile from his face. I know, I. Right? Allie, the newest member of the team, laid out her tarot cards.
3: I have to get an idea of what's going on here.
1: Curiosity tugged at Sarah prompting her to turn to Allie with a question that had been lingering in her mind. Allie! Sarah began, her tone earnest.
2: I've always been a tech person when it comes to this stuff, but I'm fascinated by your approach with the tarot cards. Can you explain a bit more about how you use them?
1: Allie, seated cross-legged with her tarot deck in hand, looked up, her eyes reflecting the dancing flames.
3: Of course, Sarah. Tarot cards are just a tool. A medium that allows me to tap into the energies surrounding us. Each card represents different aspects of life, emotions, and spiritual
1: forces. Sarah leaned forward, her expression filled with genuine interest.
2: But how do you connect with the spirits using the cards? Is it something you feel
3: or see?
1: Allie nodded, her fingers delicately shuffling the deck.
3: It's a combination of intuition and attunement to the energies present. When I lay out the cards, it's like opening a channel. The images and symbols guide me, revealing glimpses of the spirits' messages. It's not about foreseeing the future. It's about interpreting the energy patterns and emotions of the spirits.
1: Carter chimed in. So it's like a bridge between our world and the supernatural? Allie nodded, acknowledging his insight.
3: Exactly, Carter. Carter. The cards serve as a bridge, a language that spirits can use to communicate. It's a form of symbolic dialogue that transcends spoken words.
1: Price, ever the skeptic, raised an eyebrow. But how do we know
3: it's not just chance or coincidence?
1: Allie's eyes sparked with a hint of mystery.
3: It's a valid question, Price. The key lies in the patterns, the synchronicities. When the cards align with the energies around us and resonate with the experiences we're encountering, it goes beyond anything that could be chalked up to chance. It's a dance between the seen and the unseen.
1: The fire crackled, a moment of silence hanging in the air as the team absorbed Allie's explanation. Sarah, thoughtful, nodded.
2: So, it's like interpreting a language of symbols to communicate with the spirits that's truly fascinating
3: precisely so let's see what's happening here
1: she shuffled the cards with a deliberate focus her eyes momentarily closing as if attuning herself to the unseen forces the team watched in quiet anticipation as ali laid out three cards face down forming a small triangle on the ground
3: these cards
1: ali explained her voice soft but resonant.
3: will give us a glimpse into the general energy of the canyon tonight.
1: She flipped the first card, revealing the High Priestess, a figure seated between light and shadow, a guardian of the veil between realms. The team exchanged glances, sensing a profound significance.
3: The High Priestess signifies mystery and intuition,
1: Allie began her eyes fixed on the card.
3: There's a hidden knowledge, a depth to the energy around us. We may uncover secrets that have long been veiled.
1: With a purposeful gesture, she turned over the second card. The tower. A symbol of sudden upheaval and revelation. The team exchanged uneasy glances as the implications sank in.
3: The tower suggests a moment of profound change,
1: Allie continued.
3: It might be unsettling, but it's a necessary disruption. Something significant is about to be revealed, like the breaking down of old structures.
1: Finally, she revealed the third card, the star, a beacon of hope in the dark sky. The team felt a subtle shift in the atmosphere as Allie interpreted it.
3: The star brings hope and guidance, she said. Despite the upheaval, there's a guiding light. A positive force that will lead us through the shadows. It's a reminder that even in the darkest moments, there's a path to clarity and understanding.
1: The team absorbed Allie's words, the tarot cards becoming a compass for the journey. As night settled in, the team packed their gear and delved into the depths of the canyon. Strange sounds echoed, unsettling even the most analytical among them. A quick pull of a card by Allie hinted at a maternal presence, guiding them toward the ominous ruins of the old house. Approaching the ruins, an otherworldly chill enveloped them. The team's gadgets flickered, indicating heightened paranormal activity. Joe's EMF meter spiked as Sarah's night-vision camera captured shadowy figures. Price checked his equipment. It's not malfunctioning. Something is here. Allie, guided by her tarot cards, spoke softly.
3: The mother's spirit is near. We need to proceed with caution.
1: Unseen hands tightened around the team's hearts as a mournful wail echoed through the canyon. In their quest for evidence, the team had unwittingly awakened a long-buried sorrow. The air outside the homestead was heavy with energy. As the mother's spirit manifested, her presence felt by all. Allie, unfazed, pulled a card, attempting to communicate. The cards responded, flickering in unison with the spirit's energy. A series of images unfolded in her mind, children playing, a tragic series of events and the mother's eternal search. The team, gripped by fear and empathy, began to understand the tragedy that bound the mother to Slaughterhouse Canyon. The boundaries between even their elastic sense of reality and the supernatural blurred as they felt the weight of the spirit's sorrow. But the encounter was as fleeting as it was unsettling. The mother's spirit slowly dissipated, leaving behind an atmosphere of melancholy. It was undeniable that the team had been changed by the encounter. They packed their equipment in silence, pondering the thin line between life and death. They made their way back to their camp and tucked into their tents without many words exchanged. The weight of what had truly taken place there was beginning to sink in. The following evening, with the lingering presence of the mother's spirit, the gone ghost and paranormal team braced themselves for another venture into Slaughterhouse Canyon. The air carried a spectral weight as they ventured deeper into the shadows of the past. Allie, compelled by an unspoken connection to the spirit, led the group toward an ancient burial ground rumored to be a focal point for paranormal energy. The moon cast an ominous glow as they approached the weathered gravestones, each marker telling a tale of a life long forgotten. Joe's EMF meter buzzed erratically. Sarah gasped, staring into her night-vision camera.
2: Holy shit, guys! You have to see this!
1: The group crowded around to catch a glimpse of a splash of fleeting shadows across the small display. They seemed to dance among the gravestones, elusive and mysterious. Oh, fuck. Price exclaimed as he adjusted the audio recorder. Distant whispers crackled to life, echoing through the canyon. The team, energized by this veritable mountain of real evidence, pushed to unravel the mysteries hidden within the burial ground. Allie, guided by her cards, sensed a deeper connection waiting to be unearthed. Price's gadgets detected anomalies. There's something here. Not just residual energy. It's active. In response, Allie crouched down, laying out her tarot cards on a flat stone. The cards responded revealing a narrative interwoven in the ground beneath their feet. The ghost of a father. The father, seeking to communicate.
3: The cards are showing a spirit in distress.
1: Allie explained, her voice steady.
3: A father. Her husband, I think. He never made it out of the canyon. God, what a tragedy.
1: As the team absorbed the revelation, the air pulsated, taking on a weight that they recognized immediately. The presence of the ghostly figure spoke volumes through silence. Allie, her cards now conduits of communication, spoke softly to the spirit from the back of the group. The cards responded in a way that they had never before, unraveling the tale of a terrible accident that claimed the father's life before he could escape the canyon. The team, flooded with empathy, found themselves witnesses to a deeply poignant moment in the spirit's journey. Driven by the cards that set the tone for the evening, the High Priestess, the Tower, and the Star, felt a renewed determination to uncover the truth of this place. As they approached the gravestones, shadows danced among the markers, and the air resonated with the energy of the trapped spirit. Allie attempted to communicate with the father's ghost. More determined than ever, she dropped to the ground where she stood and shuffled her cards with a deliberate focus. The team watched in solemn silence as she laid out three cards, forming a triad of revelation.
3: We have to understand. The cards will guide us through the details of the father's accident.
1: She flipped the first card, the chariot. An image of a man battling the elements. The team exchanged knowing glances as Allie interpreted the symbolism.
3: The chariot signifies a journey fraught with challenges,
1: she explained.
3: The father faced obstacles, a struggle against unseen forces as he attempted to navigate through the canyon.
1: The second card revealed. The tower yet again.
3: The tower speaks of a sudden, catastrophic event.
1: Allie continued.
3: An upheaval that shattered the father's plans and led to the tragic accident.
1: Finally, she revealed the third card, the Five of Cups. An image of spilled cups and mourning. The team felt a collective weight as Allie interpreted the final piece of the puzzle.
3: The Five of Cups represents loss and grief.
1: Allie murmured.
3: The father's accident brought profound sorrow, leaving behind a sense of unfulfilled destiny and mourning.
1: The atmosphere in the burial ground took a chaotic turn, as a sudden rush of wind poured through the canyon, wrapping them in an unseasonable chill.
2: Holy shit!
1: Sarah screamed, hunched over the display of her camera. No
2: fucking way! Look at this!
1: He's here. Jesus. He's really out there. Price murmured, pointing to a hazy white image on the screen.
3: If that is you out there, please know that we only want to help you. We want to ease the burden of this transition for you. Please, make yourself known.
1: Allie intoned seriously. The response to her request was palpable. The air felt like trying to breathe oil as Joe's EMF meter shot into the red. He stood tall at the front of the group. And addressed the darkness beyond the western edge of the decrepit graveyard. Father, he spoke, his voice soaked in compassion.
0: We've heard your story, and we understand the pain that binds you to this place. It's time to release that pain and move on to the next phase.
1: The ghostly figure, a faint presence among the gravestones, seemed to respond to Joe's words.
0: Shadows danced around, and the air crackled with anticipation. We acknowledge the struggles you faced, and the challenges that led to your accident. Joe continued, his gaze steady. But clinging to this realm won't bring peace. There's a path awaiting you, a journey beyond the shadows of the past.
1: Allie, sensing the emotional currents... Tightened her grip around her cards, offering silent support to Joe's endeavor. Price placed a hand on Joe's shoulder. The team was united in their purpose. They knew why they'd been brought to this place. Carter spoke up You are not alone in this journey. His words seemed to reach beyond the physical realm. Next was Sarah.
2: There are loved ones waiting. A realm where the burdens of the past can be laid to rest. Embrace the light that beckons you, and release the ties that bind.
1: She pleaded. As she spoke, the atmosphere shifted. The ghostly figure seemed to waver, caught between the earthly realm and the ethereal beyond. Joe extended a hand, a symbolic gesture bridging the gap between the living and the dead.
0: Move toward the light he urged, his voice a steady guide. Find the peace that eluded you in life, and may your spirit find solace in the embrace of this next phase.
1: The air held a poignant stillness as the team watched the Father's spirit. Shadows intertwined, and for a fleeting moment, it seemed as though the spirit hesitated. Then, with a quiet grace... The ghostly figure began to dissipate, ethereal wisps fading into the night. The gone ghost and paranormal team stood in the aftermath, the ancient burial ground echoing with the energies of release. The father's spirit, guided by their words and intentions, had taken a step toward the elusive peace that awaited in the next phase of existence. The dawn painted the skies with hues of pink and gold as the team gathered at their campsite near the mouth of Slaughterhouse Canyon. The air, once heavy with the mysteries of the night, now carried a sense of closure as the team prepared to leave the haunted landscape behind. Joe, Sarah, Price, Carter, and Allie moved with a shared understanding. Their camaraderie secured, forged, through a night of paranormal exploration. As they packed up their equipment, Carter paused, his hands hovering over his sleeping bag. He looked up. Allie, you were incredible.
0: Seriously, that, that was brilliant. I have to agree, Joe added. I've never been on an investigation like that. You're a welcome addition to this team.
3: Thanks, guys. I'm so glad we found each other,
1: she replied, red creeping into her cheeks as she carefully tucked her tarot deck into a small pocket on her backpack. She couldn't ignore the sense of completion in the air. The energies that lingered in the canyon had been acknowledged, and in some cases, set
0: free. Joe, the de facto leader, addressed the team. I guess you could say we've uncovered the mysteries of Slaughterhouse Canyon. It's time to leave, but the work has just begun. We have a ton of audio and video to go through. As the team finished securing
1: their equipment, Sarah cast a lingering gaze toward the burial ground.
2: It's been... quite a journey. Keep it with you. We really did something good here.
1: As they made their way out of Slaughterhouse Canyon... The team left behind the haunting echoes, carrying with them the memories of a journey that blurred the boundaries between science and the unexplained. The spirits, their stories told, watched in silent acknowledgement as the gone ghost and paranormal team departed, leaving the canyon to the quiet solitude of a new day.
0: welcome campers to campfire tales of the strange and unsettling we are your hosts i'm ryan and i'm jordan
1: and now the debrief back to ghosts i'm pretty hyped for this i feel like we haven't done like a legit haunted spot
0: in a while we actually haven't um i was i yeah now that you bring it up i'm trying to think of when when our last one was And I know that we've had, you know, we've had some disappearances and whatever else. But I think, like, our actual last one... Was it, like, pre-Halloween? Was it, like, back before October? Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because, I mean, I would say the closest would have been Girlstown Possession. Um, We also had
1: those those Christmas ghost stories.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had, like, we had some... Kinda ghosty stories around Halloween, I think. But not yeah. I mean not anything legit, you know, like too legit to quit. No. Yeah, like this one. Right.
1: First off, I would really I guess it's not first off since we've already talked about something.
0: Second off Woman in White, maybe? I would
1: <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, the woman in white, for sure. I mean the Slaughterhouse Canyon Haunting is basically a woman in white story. So yeah. If we're qualifying this, we'd have to qualify that, right?
0: I mean, and a father. Yeah, but the woman in white
1: for you're talking about the one we did for the urban legends and right. October, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That was more like a general discussion of the woman in white right. legend.
0: Those were those when we were focusing on legends and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it wasn't like a specific instance. It no, was the no, whole it was... phenomenon of women in white.
0: That was another fictional story based on the legend.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to just thank everyone who lent their voices to the story for this week's episode. You're welcome. I think it's super cool, and it it brings like a really cool element to it to have like a wider cast of characters. I mean, that's
0: that's the goal going forward. Is especially as we get to like play with more. More that we can do more as, like, an actual kind of, like, audio drama style. Yeah. I know, of course, as we further into, like, Ravenbrook and that being, you know, whatever, another discussion. Um, But yeah. getting to play with, like, that kind of, like, audio drama style stuff, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. And developing yeah. just, a, just a cast of voice actors that we can hopefully be able to continue to use uh, will be yeah. huge in being able to achieve that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely a vibe. It's a different vibe when a, when the story is built like that.
0: And it's not just us putting on <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> slightly feminine versions right. of our voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That doesn't I mean, you tend go to back go to go like very well
1: <laughs> If you go, I'm instantly reminded of the story that we had for the Ozark Howler. Yeah. Where you played the husband and I played the wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was weird.
1: It's one of my favorite moments of all time. <laughs> uh, <sighs> uh there was there was a line where they were like arguing about toilet paper or something that right. always makes me laugh to listen to you and I having like a little a little uh marriage banter. A
0: marital marital dispute.
1: Yeah. Oh, awesome by the way I think Ozark Howler would be a prime candidate for one of our revamps yeah that we do every maybe revamp it, it with an actual cool. yeah with a cast
0: yeah I'm into that'd that that'd
1: be fun yeah
0: heck yeah but that's okay. a
1: discussion for a future day that'll be uh, um
0: that'll definitely be one of the next ones that we we bring back to redo
1: yeah absolutely my voice That'll is dying cool. i I hear that what's going on over there
0: I've been doing that a lot lately I think I'm slowly losing my voice eventually maybe
1: your lungs are maybe your lungs are rotting inside your body
0: don't say that <laughs> you never know I worry about those things you never know me too yeah now I'm not gonna sleep tonight.
1: <laughs> two nights ago i was up all night because i convinced myself i had kidney stones so that's the age i'm at i mean
0: yeah yeah i want to live till i I'm couldn't at tell if there was
1: something 80 i was thinking 200
0: <laughs> i mean yeah hit 200 hopefully by the time we get to <laughs> that point we can just upload our consciousness into like some robot and i can just be a cyborg
1: see that's the level i don't want to make it to why i i dream about the that days when fantastic. we can just like inject nanobots that are constantly repairing us um, so we thought get thought to too, live yeah. like 200 years i like that idea but the consciousness upload like or we inject so many
0: of the nanobots that they become our body and then boom it's the same thing
1: yeah basically that's fair
0: Mm -hmm. oh to be young again yeah being young again would you know
1: it would have its advantages and disadvantages
0: i don't know i don't know about many disadvantages these days kids get to grow up in like the perfect time everybody's open to everything like i mean you know you have to be like super out whatever super woke to uh, to get through life and that's like the norm now plus they get to grow up with technology at its current point because it's going to get thousands times better during their lifetime the fact yeah. that you only see the positives
1: is a huge indicator that you don't have children
0: i you're right
1: if I, I had I kids think about... they would
0: not be going to like public schools or anything like that that's without a doubt
1: yeah, I I think about the technology in a completely different way. Like my teenagers are fucking miserable because of Snapchat and fucking all this tech that they constantly have with them. Yeah, well. It's there are drawbacks for them for sure. See? Like their teenage their teenage life looks nothing like ours did.
0: They yeah, see I, I... I wouldn't. I mean, like you know, there's still bullies. There's always going to be bullies, and bullies are f- stupid, stupid people. Um yep. you know. So yeah, I, I think if I had Bunch kids, I, I wouldn't let them go to school. Like they'd be homeschooled yeah, for sure.
1: I think. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a. Uh, I think a good option. But like I don't. What I'm realizing, it's not even really, because you hear all the time like the bullying doesn't end with the, the final bell at the end of the day anymore. Right. Like, but it's not just the bullying. Like they have to, like you remember in school, like when you're around your peers, you put on a persona, right? Whether you, whether you realize you're doing it or not,
0: there's a version of yourself. Yeah. I mean, I know growing up that we, we all do that. Like, I mean, you know, you, yeah, that's normal.
1: Just like yeah. you go to church, you're going to be a different person than you are when you go out to the bar. You know what I mean? Or like you know, it's different personas. Yeah.
0: yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I like to be like, my bar self in church. <laughs> I like kidding. to be
1: my church self in the bar. <laughs>
0: Touche. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but um, I think even more harmful than the unending bullying. Is the fact that they never feel like they get to drop that persona? Yeah,
0: I mean that's because they're
1: always on with their friends. You that, know what I mean?
0: That is that is a drawback, but uh, you know,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it's it's exhausting. Anyway, sorry, this has nothing to do with Slaughterhouse Canyon. It really doesn't. But, yeah.
0: But regardless, that might be
1: the deepest tangent we've cut in a long time.
0: Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> hey um, Yeah. So what'd you think? I liked it. I, again, I'm, I we haven't done a gone ghost in story in a while. Like I've been trying to figure it's out the first one, one I've written to, too. to go into it. Yeah. And it's the first one that you've actually written in the gone yeah. ghost or involving the gone ghost and team. Um, and I yep. really I really liked how much dialogue I know we talked about this beforehand and I liked how much dialogue there was because I think that's obviously an yeah. important part of that right like we're writing this for sure this group of people and we've also added a new member uh, Allie, yep. to the team and so like I, th- I think having that like that dialogue just build the story and that basically be what it's centered around I think really makes it really makes it for sure
1: yeah yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I was a little nervous to take up the Gone Ghost and Mantle. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I remember texting you before I even started, and I was like, are you okay with this? Is this like a you thing? The I mean, Gone Ghost and thing? No. or You know what I mean? Because obviously you, you know, it was your creation. Right. So.
0: And when we... We're continuing to, just like Ravenbrook. Yeah, we're continuing to build up this Gone Ghost and Paranormal team and everything that they do. Which speaks, wait of, for the
1: Gone Ghost and Ravenbrook crossover. Oh
0: man, that that'll <laughs> that will come. Yeah, that will absolutely. come, yes. Um, but speaking of which, which maybe now that we've we've done another Gone Ghost and story, we need to get a couple of the designs out that uh that we've had for. For gone, ghost, and paranormal, sh- or por- wow, paranormal shirts.
1: Yeah, the the t-shirt designs are are awesome. I'm, we definitely need to get some of those out. And we haven't dropped a t-shirt in a long time.
0: We haven't. Why not drop like five?
1: Yeah, I'm into it.
0: Five at once.
1: Yeah, head over to the five link designs on all one shirt. Our bio. That's right. <laughs> five for one. Yeah exactly so you know just uh while you're listening to this head over to one of our socials get that link in the bio and go check out our merch store there do yourself there a for favor you. that's right rep campfire everywhere you go
0: just do it tell all your friends mm. it's a great album it really is that's immediately what i started <laughs> thinking of me too always Ahem. but um, anyhow the story though the story is really good too I mean, because again, I, I, I mentioned the addition to uh, the addition to the group Allie, uh, bringing with yeah. her the use of tarot as they go through this investigation Yep, is huge and For sure. it's very it's, different. Yeah. Extremely different. But I think it adds like a whole other level of like involvement and thing, you know, like being able to, like they had talked about, um, with, the with, the with, the. The man, right? The the one, the ghost that they saw. Yeah, the, the father, man. right? The father, yes. And trying to figure out yep. like why, you know, why he was there, what uh, what was going on with him, and then you know, they does the spread and finds out like you know these specific things, and they help they help him basically to cross over, you know, like yeah, that's awesome, and I think that's that that'll yeah. be huge if we're able to continue that within this group too, having just that yeah, extra like. So. I mean, yeah, they can, you know, they're a traditional investigative group, like, you know, all the, all the traditional tools. But I think with that addition, um, you know, bring, bring being able to bring in Tarot and use that in each investigation, I think it's going to be really cool and they'll be able to unravel a yeah, lot think, more.
1: Yeah. The seeing them actually get to the bottom of some shit, I think right. it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like um I liked giving them like a, a win. You know what I mean? Cause let's be honest, Gone Ghostin has had a pretty tough road to hoe thus far. I
0: mean our first uh what was it? Was it Andrew? Yeah, it was Andrew. Yeah. Our first our first like uh, you know Gone Ghostin story, they lose Andrew to the Poplic Monster. And yeah.
1: He's killed.
0: Yeah. Killed. Yeah. By being thrown they, off the trestle.
1: Inve- yep. And then they investigated the Velisca Axe murder house. Yeah,
0: that one was pretty right. gnarly. Mm-hmm.
1: How did that story end?
0: Uh, I remember? mean, that one, that one was fine. Like, obviously, everybody, everybody lived. Yeah. But they had a lot of, like, weird shit that happened that they were able to, like... That they, they were able to actually, like, catch and witness. And, you know, and uh, I think yeah. it changed the group in a more like a more positive way like obviously they they got a lot yeah. more than they had ever even planned on um and we right. got to also learn you know at the same time about this place and what all went it went down there because that's like a crazy gnarly story and oh yeah you know it was uh it was a really cool investigation i mean they had a lot of activity yeah and then they went and hunted punk puck wudgies puck wudgie, yeah yeah so they uh yeah they basically battle now battle for, <laughs> for survival yeah yep and they uh yeah. yep they had to dip they left yep which I, li- I like the puck what yeah. you want a lot too because it was just a fun yeah, story me too. and was that i like
1: i liked that one what i was gonna say yeah, was that, that our was last, the last one? one
0: damn yeah so it's, yeah, been, it's a been a while
1: so our last design i liked
0: and in- i think was, i think that was our last design right was literally so. another offer based off of a, another gun ghost story.
1: Yeah. The puckwudgy. Oh, huh. that's cool. a fucking great shirt.
0: It is. It
1: is. There's, if you're listening to this, there's no reason why you shouldn't own a puckwudgy shirt. They're so fucking good. I think that's my favorite design that we have right it's, now.
0: It's a really, it's a really cool design. Um, yep. Which I mean, I, I dig all of them and, uh, yeah, yeah that one it's just super I mean, playful hat, it was yeah another off really to Jonathan cool story
1: because he fucking he killed it on the puck shirt it's like perched Agreed. on a gravestone that says mashop on the gravestone which <laughs> yeah. is like a little easter egg yep if you know the story and like Which if you don't go yeah, back and listen so to that
0: episode so you can learn the story yeah exactly i digress
1: so yeah the um slaughterhouse canyon so this place is i always love an excuse to use the word equidistant Ah, it's equidistant between prescott arizona and las vegas so it's like right in western arizona
0: nice because i visit Um, prescott a lot yeah no (laughs) me neither (laughs) But Take a lot of Vegas you, trips. You say it's equidistant between Las Vegas, that everybody knows, and Prescott, Arizona. It's the third most populous city in Arizona. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> let me, go, let me go. spend the weekend in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's saying that. Yeah, nobody's saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, but you it, make it a bigger it deal. Give me, me That really it, is. <laughs>
1: It was really just an excuse to use the word equidistant. equidistant.
0: I know. That's fine.
1: Yeah. All right, keep going. Cuz I didn't want to say it's an hour and a half from Vegas and 2 hours from whatever.
0: It's not technically equidistant.
1: I'm saying if I had gone with a more known city right. in Arizona, yeah. I would have had to say no, an fine. hour and a half and 2 hours.
0: All right, all right, fine. Anyway, Jesus.
1: so before this, before this uh legend took hold, it was called Luana Canyon. Hmm. That's what it was called for the longest time. Um, But this story, so the this legend, it took place around about 1850. So this is like my fucking era that I love. This is like another Gold Rush story.
0: Nice, the 18,000s. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this dude, the father, the patriarch, he was one of right. one of the many... You know, the thousands of, of men who drug their families out there so that he could strike it rich during well, yeah. the gold rush, right? He was a trapper by trade, so, like, how successfully they did, it rose and fell with, like, small game populations, mm-hmm. basically. Um, And the year that this happened, shit was already, like, balancing on a high wire. So, like, it was already a bad year. Game was super sparse. So like between the lack of animals and the lack of gold that he found in the area, he decided that if he wanted his family to survive, basically, he would have to go south to Prescott Hmm. is where he went. Well, that's that's where he was. He was supposed to go to Prescott to find work,
0: but he instead went to Vegas. This is equidistant. (laughs) It is equidistant.
1: (laughs) Although I think Vegas is over a mountain range and Prescott is through a valley, so uh-huh. probably on on a wagon. It's I, I don't Not think it would nearly be equidistant. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but instead of taking his family with him, so uh-huh. that he could I don't know hunt hunt for them in a new area and feed them, he decides to stock up. You know what he has and take off and for yourselves. I mean, basically, that's started. kind of how it feels. Like, he left them with minimal supplies in the middle of a fucking desert canyon. I mean, yeah, that's pretty rude. Like, and he was just never seen again. So, like, some how? people say he, Where does he died in off? an accident. There, it's. I mean, it's a pretty crazy decision. Like it, it was fairly normal during this era that, like, if you, say, if a farmer, if their crop failed... If they had crop failure, the father would just take off and (laughs) go get a job somewhere. And they're sending the money back to the family while they're working Yeah, and putting some back for winter, right? Because obviously your heart, you harvest in the fall and that the money from your harvest carries you through the winter. Right. That's fair. So like... They would they would go, you know, a few towns over or whatever, and they would find job in, like, a lumber mill or, like, you know, mining, whatever it was, and they send the money back to the family to make up for the lost harvest. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of what he did, except he didn't leave his family in a position they could survive from while he was gone. You know what I mean? Like, they were already fucked when he left. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a very strange... Set up. I don't, I'm not sure what that decision making process was. Like, they already had established there was no game in the area. You know what I mean. So even if the even if the wife was you know skill a skilled hunter, which a lot of a lot of women actually were in those days, they could handle their own with a rifle and you know what I mean, right? Especially out west. But I- but like. I suppose even if she
0: was there was nothing to kill. Right. I mean yeah, that's that's completely fair. But I suppose in the, the husband or the father's defense it was easier to for him to just go off because he might be having to go from area to area, yeah, you know, in search of whatever, you know, he's trying to achieve, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, versus like that versus keeping his family with him and having to You'll know, also deal with with all of that going on and be able to fend for them. And, you know, like if he's not in an area where he's yep. not, you know, hitting it big, like he's going to have to move on. So then he's going to have to pack up everybody again. You know, why not leave That's them true. to where they're already settled? Not saying uh, that it's a great idea because it's really not, yeah. but.
1: I think the answer to why not is because they'll starve to death. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, it definitely, he definitely made a bad
0: choice. I, yeah. think.
1: I get the like, It'll be easier for me to move from spot to spot and make money if I'm on my own. Like I, I get that, but like poor planning. You know what I yeah, mean?
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like
1: extremely poor planning. I like to think he had a plan in place. Maybe he was gonna like leave the area and hunt, yeah. and then bring game back to them before he actually left the the area for a more distant you know Mm -hmm. spot and then something happened before he could do that i i like to think the best of him you know but like the flip side of that is maybe he was just like i can't take care of these people
0: fuck (laughs) it like and just took off i mean that might have been might have been his thinking as well like you never know that's very yeah that's very fair
1: yeah so eventually after he leaves starvation sets in Right, like nothing to eat. As you nothing. would expect,
0: you know, when you have no food, nothing to catch. I mean, how are they supposed to live?
1: Yeah, right. It's not like there are berry bushes just growing out there. Yeah, I. I mean, it's the fucking desert, dude.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's the
1: desert. I guess they could have harvested some cactus fruit.
0: I mm, don't know. Maybe
1: if it was the right season. Maybe I don't know, but. They start to starve. They can munch
0: on some scorpions.
1: And that's true. Underrated protein source right there. Ugh,
0: I, just the thought of scorpions. Like, I don't like them.
1: It's pretty wild that there's something that's more gross than spiders. Right.
0: But there is.
1: I mean, <laughs> and it's they're, they're about
0: the, yeah, actually, scorpions are a bit more terrifying than spiders. Yeah. Ugh, I, yeah, I don't like that thought now. <laughs> yeah. Like crunching one between your teeth. Oh. Or just like, <laughs> you know, sitting, sitting barefoot and all of a sudden this little thing. Just...
1: Yeah. Dude, my wife and I used to talk all the time about like how the desert would be awesome to like move no out way. to the desert. And then like, I can't imagine having to check my boots for scorpions every day before and I put them on. so many
0: snakes and everything else that's out there. Yeah.
1: I mean, let's be honest, the The American Southwest is a little chunk of Australia inside America. Yeah. It's full of shit that will kill you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not great. Ugh. Like, the weather might suck here in the Midwest, but, like, we have a very small amount of things that can kill you.
0: We have a lot of brown recluses, though.
1: Sure. But those are, you know, that's one of those things that, like, as long as you tend to it, Within a couple days, you're fine, and black widows, like yep, the black widows, but I don't think we've had a black widow death here in decades,
0: I mean, yeah, obviously most mo these days you're you're not gonna die from a spider bite, yeah, in most cases
1: unless unless you're in the southwest <laughs> <laughs> they have some shit that will wreck you in like fifteen uh, yeah. minutes, yeah, it's yeah the the worst the worst bug we have honestly I think is mosquitoes
0: and they're little bitches little tiny they flying are, assassins
1: yeah and they carry West Nile yeah which
0: which will kill you and malaria
1: yeah I don't know if there's a lot of that here in the mosquitoes <laughs> but
0: <laughs> and then you've got the African tsetse fly <laughs> causes yeah, what sleeping the sleeping sickness, sickness.
1: <laughs> yeah we get a lot of that
0: here, pulling
1: out some freshman biology. <laughs> I like it, um, anyhow, yeah, so a huge part of this legend is the screaming of her children, right, so like in the legend, that's what drove her insane, yeah. was being in this little this little hovel at the back of the at the back of the canyon, listening to her starving children scream, yeah, in agony.
0: That would be <laughs> like, awful.
1: Yeah. Terrible. So, in the in the legend, and this definitely could be some color added over the years, but before she decides to murder her children, she puts on her wedding gown. Right? She gets gets in her hope chest at the end of the bed, gets out her wedding gown, puts it on, stabs all of the children to death. She cuts them up into tiny pieces and she's like fully gone at this point once she kills them she's completely broken from reality mm-hmm. what does she do oddly next? enough she doesn't oddly enough she doesn't just eat the kids she doesn't she is starving, just eat remember. The kids? no she she doesn't just eat the kids like just as in why wouldn't she? Right, right. If you're gonna stab your kids to death and dice them up into small cubes, why
0: not just go all all in at, at least, that point?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're starving, throw those cubes in the fucking skillet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she loads the child cubes into two sacks and carries them down to the river to pour them into the river.
0: She just and this is she's just feeding the local water supply. Yeah, she's feeding
1: fish for free. Right? Doesn't make any sense. She could have at least used the little like child cubes as fish bait and caught some fish and ate the fish, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know why she's not out there trying to catch all the fish anyway. It's true. Make a spear.
1: Yeah. Or set off on foot. Right. If you have to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The thing is that we don't know what state they were already in by the time she realized they were fucked. I mean, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but...
1: She also could have just been like, he'll be back tomorrow. He'll be back in the morning. Just another day. Hold on another day. And then before she gave up, they were already too fucked up to, you know, to attempt walking out of the canyon. Right. Yeah. So this moment when she's pouring the the cubed up bodies of her children into the river, this is where the guilt starts to set in. Oh, finally. Yeah, it's about time. Apparently, she stayed on the riverbank all night crying, and then near sunrise the next morning, she herself succumbed to starvation, which I don't think biologically makes a lot of sense. I don't think if she was 12 hours from actually starving to death, she would have had the strength to stab three children to death. Right? You know what I mean? And it doesn't really check out... yeah, at some some at some point after she also starves to death. Okay. Um and then legend says that you can still hear her screaming and crying near the river.
0: I believe it. Or That's pretty I,
1: much the legend.
0: Or it might just be one of those random desert animals. Yeah. It
1: probably usually is. <laughs> probably usually. I one thing I want to say because a lot of people who cover this story, I've heard them talk about like how the mother was incapable of feeding her kids because women back then didn't have the skills that men did. Like, they weren't taught the same
0: skill sets. Right? Yeah, but I feel like that, that, that's a cop-out. Because, obviously, if your children are starving, even if you don't know shit all about anything, you're going to try. You're going to try something. You're not just going to be like, oh, I don't know what to do. And just, like, run back and forth just complaining you don't know what to do. Yeah. You're going to make an effort. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the
1: reason I call bullshit on that idea is there's never never been a time when women were just incapable. Right.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: I would say the most incapable human beings have ever been is right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, if anything,
1: people... If anything, people back in 1850 were way more capable. Yeah. Like, even if you go back to, like, hunter-gatherer times, women primarily filled the gatherer role, right? So, even if mm-hmm. she didn't have the hunting capabilities, there's no way there weren't any wild edibles in the area. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'm not 100% familiar with the area.
0: <laughs> right, so, but I still call It might be bullshit.
1: desolate as fuck, but, yeah, you... You could definitely, even if it was a a ton of work for a little payoff, I think she definitely could have found something. Yeah. Or maybe, because another thing we don't know is how new to the area they were, how long they'd been there when this happened.
0: But she knows where the local watering hole is, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And plants grow near riverbanks. Right. Back then, the river hadn't dried up, so I know it was more fertile than it is now.
0: Yeah. I mean, shit, just take. Some article of clothing and fashion a net. Right. You don't have anything else to catch anything with, like
1: Yeah. Also, she'd been married to this guy who literally made a living trapping. Right. So you're telling me she didn't learn anything about trapping? Oh, yeah, i that's
0: mean, yeah. She probably knew at least half of what he did by that point. Yeah. Just from seeing him do it. You know, like That's true. Yeah. I don't buy that story. To imagine, now. I don't buy it. I don't I don't
1: know, maybe Maybe something happened to her. Maybe she, you know, got injured and then the kids, because obviously this has been added to and exaggerated over right. time. Of course. Maybe, maybe, maybe there was some kind of accident and the kids were left on their own and they slowly starved, right? And then someone comes upon this little hovel at the back of the canyon and, you know, the mom's laying dead. The kids are starved to death. Like, and that's the beginning of the story, right? Yeah. Something like that I could see happening. And then
0: we just slowly add to it. Well, she chopped them up. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually exactly. it gets she more fed them the over fishes. Time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Instead of feeding them the fishes. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: She needed to flip it and reverse it. Yeah. <clears throat> see, and maybe she was just dyslexic. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> pretend that that works.
0: Yeah. Let's pretend that works.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's Dude, uh, I don't know. I mean this is definitely like this is definitely urban legend territory. Yeah, of
0: course. This is
1: this is a woman in white, right? And we always get these exaggerated and terrible stories behind women in white. Um so I think it fits right in. It's fucking terrible if this really happened to someone, like
0: yeah. God I rest mean, their soul. Definitely you know terrible. Mean, that's and there's awful. people literally out there starving every single day. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. it happens, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like this story was just like a group of, of guys come through the area and they're sitting around a campfire and make it up horror stories. And one just makes up a story about a previous you know group that came through. In and then, Right. Yep. Yeah, they hear they hear a sound out the distance. Uh, you know, desert coyote or whatever else. Yep. They're like, "What was that?" Oh, that was the lady. Yep. She uh, she was a hungry one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was a hungry one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's
1: I think that's most of these stories come from well, you know course. passing yeah. the time at a campfire.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think that's how we get a lot of our a lot of these old legends for sure.
1: Yeah. And they're fucking awesome. I, mean, I, wouldn't, have it, I wouldn't have I mean, it any other way. Yeah. No. That's American folklore. Exactly. It's, you know, told by the fireside. Just as we do on this show. That's right. Hear the crackle?
0: They heard the crackle during the story. They don't hear it anymore. Now it's oh, just music. right. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's sweet jams.
1: That replaces the fire.
0: It does. (laughs) And we could go back and instead of having music, we could go... (laughs) It's
1: true. I don't know how insane that would drive people.
0: (laughs) It would make more sense though, right? Sure, it would, yeah. But it is supposed to be the story that's told by the campfire and then we're supposed to just talk about it. Yeah. I don't know, we decided on this like almost three years ago at this point, so... (laughs) It's true. It's true. Who knows? Those are different men who decided that. <laughs> that's that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was, so yeah, that's that's that's
0: my story, Ryan. You know, that's I like a, it. I like it. It's uh ghost
1: of Slaughterhouse Canyon.
0: Yeah. Again, I I don't know if I buy that. It I don't know if I buy that it's a true story. Just because it's very silly, you
1: fabricated wholesale. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. I yeah. think so too.
2: But, but a damn cool legend. Exactly. Imagine if you live yeah, near there. That's what I was gonna say. It would say. be so
1: fun as like as like teenagers to drive out to Slaughterhouse Canyon and get spooked. I mean, just the name yeah. is awesome. It is. It's pretty metal.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Slaughterhouse Canyon to melt your faces off. That's right. That's what they do. Super metal. Yeah.
1: Duh. You're about to get hungry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hope you brought your appetites. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, good God. Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It would need to be one of those, like, operatic metal bands. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was
0: thinking, like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, the front person needs to be a woman who wears a wedding gown, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And does the, like, operatic singing over uh-huh. the, like, black metal.
0: And it's, yeah. just, it's just, like, streaks of, like, red dye to make it look like it's in blood. Yep, exactly. Yep.
1: At the end of every show, she cuts every band member apart into the little cubes and pours them in a river.
0: I was gonna say, maybe she has, like, little, like, canisters of fetuses sitting around her. Oh, God. <laughs> Not real ones, mind you. They're burlap sacks. They're like those yeah. like real Burlap life babies. sacks full of meat cubes. Yeah, exactly.
1: A bunch like, of like you know. Exactly.
0: This is a whole thing. The dumps over the crowd. I'd like carry style. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch that. I mean, if every every show was that good, you go for the experience, not the band.
1: Yeah. I'd still go to shows if shows were that good. <laughs>
0: You know, shows are still that good. You just got to go to the right ones.
1: They're not that good. Mm. When's the last time you went to a concert and got the exhilaration of being doused in pig blood?
0: Well, not, not pig blood, but getting lost in the music and it being an emotional experience in November. Yeah? Yeah.
1: I guess the last show I went to was Overslept a few years ago, and that was a pretty emotionally rewarding experience
0: i really enjoyed that i mean yeah that's fair that's fair that was a long time ago though yeah it was that was like, was like three four years ago it was like five years ago five
1: or more yeah it might have been 2019 it was pre-pandemic for sure
0: it was before 2019 right i have no idea i'm pretty sure, sure it, was. I think it was i think it was actually like it was a while ago we'll just leave it at that it was right when they released
1: that second full length right
0: yeah, that's the boy. Yeah. Whenever that was. And that's been a while. It has. He
1: released some weird music during the pandemic. During the show. That's unfortunate. He got really into like he got really into writing like weird techno y house music just cuz he could do it in his bedroom by himself.
0: I mean, you could do a whole band. I do whole band stuff in my, you know, my little studio. Well, his first
1: his first three albums were that yeah you know what See? i mean so he definitely could i'm not yeah, like writing like you know, house
0: sure. crap trap music
1: <laughs> for whatever reason that's what he really leaned into during the pandemic
0: yeah. i mean I, you know i've I've written but, my my share of you know like rabies stuff and
1: yeah but they're back to full band in it that's good so that's all good. is good yeah. they just passed the time for him while he was yeah, in quarantine fair. or whatever
0: sometimes he's yeah. getting that electronica mood I've sure. been there. I'm, I mean, I've definitely been there. I have a bunch of electronica stuff that's just super silly and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of so, hungry yeah, now.
1: I, I think I, <laughs> I'm starved.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be a lot of people bitching at us for being so insensitive. They're fake people. This exactly. is a fake story. Come on.
1: We're allowed to make jokes.
0: Yeah. They're not real people. Exactly. Obviously we are two of that exact experience right now. I mean, yeah, and I feel terrible for them. Of course. That's what I mean. If
1: you're hungry yeah, if you're hungry, I'm sorry. But this person was never hungry because they probably never existed. They so Yeah,
0: I mean we can agree that this is just a made up (laughs) story. Yeah. But we feel yeah. for anyone having to go through such a terrible, unfortunate. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And regardless. that's legit.
1: It, it may, yeah, it, like and it, it may sound disingenuous coming right after joking and all that, but genuinely, anyone experiencing hunger—that's fucking terrible. That's like something that should not exist in the modern world. Agreed, at all. And we
0: have means of making that no longer a thing. Blame your yep. governments.
1: That's right. Remember, if you if you see someone shoplifting food, know the fuck you didn't. Yep. Just shut up and leave. Yeah, um, look away. Yep. With that, I think that just about wraps it, wraps it up. <laughs> I
0: think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Wraps it up like a warm loaf of bread. <laughs> Aladdin you know? style. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Well done tonight, Ryan. You too, sir. And that concludes... Episode 131, The Ghosts of Slaughterhouse Canyon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on.
0: We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tails.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfiretotsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling.
1: And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com/reverent. It's fantastic fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan.
0: And remember campers, stay weird and trust in the man. unknown.